0: We're going to be talking about the idea of comfort tonight. Uh, Each one of us has been given that opportunity to feel comfortable in our own skin. And there's even a spiritual principle by which we bring our lives into comfort when things are are out of bounds, so to speak. And we're going to be talking about that in a moment. But first I've got to talk about some trains that have been bugging me. So I live in the Brooklyn Park neighborhood, just on the other side of the uh, Ross Island Bridge from, uh, um, from the city. And uh, right where all of those uh, industrial trains park, well, I wish they just parked <laughs> every night. And so last night, uh, I am like noticed kind of some of the regular train noises. And then starting about, I would say, 11.30 to about 3.30, It was one train after another, and I don't know whether they were expecting things on the tracks or what, but the whistle was blowing for about four or five hours straight. And I gotta tell you, I woke up this morning like I needed to go back to bed, if you know what I mean. But it occurred to me something else happened about a month and a half ago. So they're also laying the Max Line, the Milwaukee Max Line, actually is gonna go maybe about five blocks from my house, right? and about a month and a half ago, where the the real trains and the max trains come together, they were literally laying the track and they had it completely torn up. And we had a week with no trains. And you know what? That kind of bugged me too. (laughs) What I have come to realize from that and from now is that I'm a three train kind of guy. We're, we're used to the train that comes about 10.30, and that's a little reminder, oh, it's time to make sure the dog goes out. It's time to, do you know what I mean? And then there's the 2 a.m. train that I'm also really used to, and sometimes I'm up, well, doing necessary things when it comes through, and sometimes it kind of wakes me up and reminds me I need to get up and do the sort of necessary thing that I need to do at 2 a.m., and then there's the 4 a.m. train. And you know what? I just sleep through it. And yet, and yet, there's kind of an awareness of it. It's just, I think I probably turn over and go, yeah, that's the 4 a.m. train. So, what I've come to realize trains, as with so many other things in my life, I have a comfort zone. The three train kind of night, that's what I'm expecting. If it's much more than that, If it's much less than that, my sleep's disturbed. Well, this got me to thinking about all kinds of comfort zones in my own life. And what I begun to realize is there are like hundreds of areas in my life that I seem to have these little set points. And if I get too much of whatever it is, or if I get too little of whatever it is, I feel a little anxious. I mean, nothing dramatic, right? I'm not taking pills for anxiety (laughs) orders or anything like that. But uh, another example, so a few years ago, in about an 18-month period, my three closest friends became unavailable. Now, one of them out and out died. My best friend died. And then another good friend of mine moved completely away. And then a third of my actually good friends decided that I wasn't a good friend anymore. And... And and although we made up later (laughs) for about an 18-month period, it was like my three best friends in the world were unavailable. And what I noticed is this was very unsettling. And yet, within a reasonable period of time, I had collected three new friends. There's a mechanism here that I want to talk about tonight. There is a mechanism in our own brain, and you might think of it as a gift from God because I think it's useful. There's a mechanism for us that wants to keep things about the way they are. It wants to keep things comfortable for me. And what I know is that it's the combination of my brain processing and the spiritual law of cause and effect that do it. And so the thoughts I have in my mind... Now, I didn't have to actually concentrate on getting those three new friends. You know what I mean? I mean, one could have intentionally done that, right? One could have woken up one morning and went, wait a minute, that one moved away, right? I need to start an interview process, <laughs> right? It's like, I'll, I'll ask you, here's some questions for you, and we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes, right? Would you fill out this brief questionnaire? And we'll, right? I mean, I could have been very intentional about it and, and found my new three friends, right? But I didn't need to do that my brain, in order to keep me in that level of friendship where I feel comfortable, right? Three friends who'll support me, three friends who'll have my back, and three friends that I can put that level of energy in and really be good friends to them. I mean, I have 150 friends, probably more on Facebook, right? But I mean really close friends, right? The ones that you can talk to when there's trouble. And my brain just took care of that for me. There was no interview processes. Suddenly, one day, I just turned around and I realized, oh my gosh, I've got my three friends again. And it was the combination of my thinking friendly thoughts, it was my combination of that desire for intimacy, it was that belief in myself that I am a good friend and that people are friendly to me. It was no more than those thoughts acting upon that cosmic law of of cause and effect, right? That was the, the cause that created effect that three people stepped forward and they're great friends. This is the the power of this. You might think of it as the law of comfort. I don't know. Maybe I invented a new spiritual law. I don't know. If there are any nurses in the room, they might say, well, it's mental homeostasis because uh, our bodies know how to keep things in in rhythm and regulation. Why wouldn't our brain do the same thing? And it does. And in fact, whether you think of it as a spiritual law or just some mechanism, if we do nothing we can, in general, expect to have more of what we've got now. And we don't really have to effort at it. We can just expect to have, in general, the same kind of thoughts and, and the same kind of effort that we'll put forward, and we'll get the same kind of results. Can you imagine how difficult it would be if we had to effort in that same way, that same extremely intentional way on everything that we did on the planet. There'd be a huge amount of efforting of, oh my gosh, I intentionally have to go to work today, right? We don't think about that. We just get dressed in the morning. We suit up and we show up and it's easy. It's because, and and I know a lot of people will say, Larry, you're talking about brainwashing here. You're saying that I don't even have to think and my life carries on. I'm here to tell you most often this is a great thing, right? If you had to consciously plan every single thing you did, every little detail, oh boy, I'm tired just thinking about it. But there's also a danger here. I'm going to read something that, I, uh, that came uh, to my desk not too long ago. And, uh, and this is from a study that was done earlier this year in Business Insider. A new study from the National Bureau of Economic Research details, according to the authors, your parents' income, marriage, locational choices all have an immense impact on your future. Let's start with income. The amount of money people make is predicted by what their parents earn. Adult children earn no more and no less than about 33 cents for every dollar from what their parents earned while they were growing up. Plus or minus about 30 cents on the dollar is what you earn based on what your parents earn. Now, does this trouble you a little bit? (laughs) I would hope it was, and yet this is that same law of comfort. We were raised in a family that was comfortable. Well, and and I'll really put that word in parentheses. If your parents were like my parents, we weren't always so comfortable with the money coming in. But nonetheless, that was our comfort zone. It was what the family was used to. We were used to having the kind of cars we had. We were used to having the kind of apartments we had. We were used to eating out in certain kinds of restaurants at a, a certain level of expense and so on and so forth. And that was our comfort zone. So perhaps then it's not surprising. You know, you fa- when you're a kid, you then fast forward 20, 25 years. If we haven't changed our comfort zone, why would we think we'd be earning any more or any less than what our parents do? That's what we need to maintain that level of comfort. I hope you're scared like I am right now. This is actually, you know, one of those nightmare kind of stories, I think, in a way, because if we actively don't do anything, we will expect to get the same. Our brains are programmed to bring us more of the same. Well, now, one of the things that we teach here is that the universe is infinite, that the universe is well beyond any kind of... uh, of lack or limitation or, or, or whatever it might be. And so, although we may, whether we're comfortable or we're uncomfortable with what we're making right now or the amount of friendship in our lives or, or the jobs that we have or the, the people that show up and how they show up, whether, whether we're comfortable with it in terms of enjoying it or whether we're comfortable with it in terms of just being used to it, wouldn't it be nice if we could upset that apple cart? Wouldn't it be nice if maybe we could up-level our comfort zone a little bit? Well, I happen to find a joke about comfort zones, naturally. So here goes. Partway through a long, uh, a long car trip east, I pull into a rest stop for a break. Well, the first stall in the room was occupied, so I go into the second one. But I'm no so- sooner seated than I hear a voice from the stall. Hey, how you doing? Well, I'm not really comfortable chatting with strangers in the restroom. It's a guy thing. And I really don't know quite what possessed me, but but I kind of timidly said, Uh, not bad, I guess. I guess I'm doing fine. And then the stranger said, And what are you doing? Well, I'm really out of my comfort zone now. Talk about dumb questions. I'm beginning to think this is just too weird. But I work up the courage and I say, Well, just like you, I'm taking a break from the freeway. Then I hear the stranger, all upset, say, look, I'll call you right back. There's some guy in the next toilet starting to creep me out. (laughs) So first of all, you need clarity around the comfort zones that you want to change. So let's use an example. Let's say that maybe I want to have a higher level of abundance, of prosperity, a a higher standard of living in my life. Now, what I know from this law of comfort is that if I don't change my thinking, if I don't mentally have a picture of myself as as living a richer life, what's going to happen is it'll just keep on keeping on. I mean, I can expect to get the cost of living, um, you know, increases at work. I can expect to just really keep on with my lifestyle right the way it is. And here's the trick. How do we imagine something? How do we really mentally accept something that we haven't actually enjoyed yet? So some of the things that you can do, of course, are to have uh, what in the science of mind or Ernest Holmes would call a rich mental equivalent, and that's where whether it's um, you know written in the form of a of a prayer or written in your maybe your diary or your journal, whether it's a visualization that you sit down maybe in terms of meditation and visualize yourself in a in a better job or with. A, I don't know, a nicer home or, or, or having uh, the ability to eat in nicer places when you go out to eat or whatever it is, what I know is we have to shift that thinking before we're going to see an actual change in the world. And, and, and trust me, if you try to do it in the other way, the recipe is disaster, right? You can't just move into the, the fancier apartment and start eating out in the nicer places and then worry about the visa bill later kind of thing. I mean, I know people do that, but trust me. Trust me, the easier way is to begin visualizing yourself, begin sensing and accepting the more lovely lifestyle or or, or the greater levels of friendship or or whatever, wherever, you'd like to upgrade your comfort zone. Maybe it's just more trains at night, right? If this keeps up, I need to upgrade my level of comfort with the trains that are going to be coming every night. And how would I do that? I'd be visualizing the good commerce that's happening. I'd begin listening for it and noticing that there are more trains every night, and before long, I'd be sleeping through them. No problem. It would be part of my comfort zone. So to begin changing your comfort zone, there are really only two things that you need to keep in mind. One is intentionality, and one is patience. Intentionality first you are representing in this room a little bit of inertia. Your thoughts have a weight to them. They have an inertia to them. And so you're going to have to have some very intentional thinking if you want to break out of the comfort zones that you have right now. And it's whether being more loving to your family, whether it's uh, uh, wanting to, I don't know, experience more exercise, wherever you want to change your comfort level zone, you are going to have to have some firm intentions. You're going to have to think about how wonderful it's going to be when you do feel like exercising more every day. You're going to think how great it is and and picture yourself in the end result of having that comfort zone shifted. So whether it's living in a nicer house, whether it's having a a trimmer body, whether it's being able to to do better in terms of sports or or, uh, something you want to achieve at work, You have to stick to those intentions and have some actual, um, what do I want to say, some acceptance around them. You have to feel that you've already got it. Whatever it is you want, really internalize that. Feel it. Have the feelings as though that's something you already experienced. Have it be part of who you are, and then the universe will bring it to you. You will act as a true magnet in the world and bring that greater degree of experience. The other thing, though, that you need to do is you actually need to have a little patience. It takes a little while to actually change the nature of your thinking. In fact, what I have noticed over the years, I've done a, a bunch of different programs, some around in increasing prosperity, some around... Um, Uh, cessation of smoking, you know, just a variety of areas where people wanted to make some good progress with their habits and their ways of thinking. And a general um, idea, if you will, is you need to have good intentionality and follow through for at least a month. And some people will say, you know, it's somewhere between one month and two months. You really have to have intentionality every single day, and, and if it's a certain kind of thing you're working on, like maybe a better eating program, it would mean intentionality around every single meal. If it's a, a, an exercise program that you're going to do four or five days a week, you need to have clear intentionality for that at least month-long period around each time that you, know, you would want to go and do that exercise. And, and again, while you're doing it, you'd want to feel the, the, the thrill and satisfaction of exercising. Picture yourself at the end of maybe a couple years when you're really strong and fit and able to do the things that you want to do. You will really want to hold that close to you with that sense of how it's going to be as though you already had it. Uh, a good example, you know, a few years ago when we were doing our pledge month at, uh, at the church where I work, we were using John Randolph's price, uh, The Abundance <laughs> Book, and what I liked about it, I mean, it, of course, it has all of the, the, spiritual, uh, the spiritual ideas of abundance and financial freedom. You know, it, it, it clearly lays out how you can use the uh, law of cause and effect and things like that. But more than that, it has an actual 40 day prosperity plan built right into it. Let me read here what it says in the section where it's talking about this 40 day plan. He says, have a program. For realizing abundant prosperity in your life and affairs. It takes 40 days for consciousness to realize a truth. I wanna say that one more time. It takes 40 days for consciousness to realize a truth. Now, I can tell you a truth right tonight, right? But it takes forty days to internalize it. It takes forty days, maybe a little more for some folks, and under certain circumstances right, uh, maybe a little more. I don't know, but it takes a little while to go from here down to here. It takes maybe 40 days, maybe sixty days. I'm not sure exactly, and you know your results may differ as they say, but We have to stick to those principles. We have to be able to envision ourselves following through for at least a month or two. And if we do that, do you know what we've done? We've shifted the set points. After that, we can start enjoying our comfort zone again because our comfort zone has moved up, right? We've gone from the three trains (laughs) a night to five, and we're sleeping good. We don't need to think about it anymore. We've gone from having three close friends to having five close friends, and what could be sweeter than that? We've gone from the mentality of earning, I don't know, $30,000 a year to the mentality of of earning $50,000 a year, and how sweet that experience will be. Anytime we can maintain a change in our thinking sufficiently long enough, and again, that, that idea of maybe 30, 40, 50 days, when we do that, we actually change our thinking. We actually change our thinking to support that new set point, that new way of being, that new desired comfort zone. And whether it's suddenly noticing, oh my gosh, I'm actually enjoying my exercise program. How the heck did that happen? Or we might start noticing, you know, I really appreciate having those two extra friends. I'm really noticing that my life is filled with more joy and more peace. And when we're in that new zone, when we have those new set points, we can rely on that love comfort again. We can go, if we choose, to be on autopilot for a while. We don't have to be so intentional Because the homeostasis in our own minds, in our own consciousness, will keep attracting to us that higher level of the good that we so richly deserve. You, of course, know from being here at least once before that I do homework. (laughs) Can you imagine what our homework is this month? I would like you to find a place in your own life where you'd like to change your comfort zone. It might be something very straightforward and very silly. One of the things that I did uh, three years ago, I very purposefully wanted to change my comfort level for speaking in front of large groups. I was actually feeling like my comfort zone might be keeping my church small. Do you know what I mean? Because I was comfortable talking to 50, 60, 70 people on Sunday. I started taking speaking engagements in larger churches and and for uh, big weddings and things like that, not because I needed the money, not because I needed a different experience than what I was enjoying in my own center, but what I realized pretty quickly after, what, a couple months of speaking in front of larger groups that I was perfectly comfortable with that. Initially, not so much. So again, what I'd like you to do, find an area where you'd like to shift up to improve, if you will, your comfort with having a rich and powerful and loving life. So it might be what you're expecting out of a primary relationship in terms of love and intimacy. Maybe you want to move that up. Maybe you want to have a higher comfort zone, a higher range of loving feelings between you and someone that you care about. Maybe your comfort zone is around your finances. Maybe your comfort zone is some achievements you want to do at work or in a hobby. Only you know what it is. But the good news is the solution to it can be the same for most of us. It's intentionality and it's stick to So plan on the shift, taking a month or two, and literally write out your plan. How can you begin visualizing, accepting, feeling yourself in that new range of comfort? What will it feel like? What will your interchanges be like when they're more loving with that partner of yours? What will be the accoutrements or the the way things look and the way you feel if you were earning 10,000 more dollars a year? What would that feel like? How would that impact you? Because if you can't intentionally imagine it and accept it, it won't happen. So you really have to have that level of intentionality and you need to hold on to it for a couple months. Are we clear with homework? Are we clear with how this works? I gotta tell you, I have seen this program used on a number of people for a number of different reasons and I have seen nothing but outrageous success. In fact, if, if money is something, or, or, or financial freedom and success in that matter is, you could just buy this book. Gosh, they probably have it in the bookstore here, and I don't know, it's under $10. It has a great little plan in it. But what I know is, whatever your desire for moving into a greater level of comfort, it isn't much more complicated then really figuring it out, what it is you want to experience. Again, back to that intentionality. And then the fortitude, the gumption, if you will, as my grandma used to say, the gumption to stick through it for a couple months. If you do those two things, I don't think you need even a fancy book. Maybe you could work with one of the practitioners here, though, to make sure that it's coming together in, in a little bit of an actual plan, I know if you're like me, sometimes we'll, we'll do a little bit of stumbling now and then. We'll think, oh, shoot, I was working on that, wasn't I? What happened to that? What happened to that? How did I go two weeks without going to the gym when I was going three days a week? How did that happen? <laughs> so sometimes having it written down, having a witness, having a coach, having uh, someone with you on it can be very helpful for keeping you motivated for keeping you working down that line on it. I'm going to close tonight with a final quote from uh, this particular book, because I like the way he ends the book. And then we'll, uh, we'll also close with a prayer. <clears throat> he says, I know, I know now that there is nothing that I could truly desire that is not at this very moment standing at the door of my consciousness. It's ready to appear in my life and affairs now. I have only to be conscious of this truth. And then every intention, every need, everything is met. Every problem is solved. Every question is answered. My consciousness of God within is all I truly ever need through all eternity. Let us pray. There is one power. There is one presence. And what I know about it is that it is truly infinite. Beyond any kind of set points or comfort zones, God, God is infinite. It is the richness of the night sky laid out in such blazing glory. It is the vastness of the sea and the air. So far you cannot see the limits of it. And I also know it is the infinity, the infinity of human affairs in the human heart, never to be filled up, never to be denied. There is something in us that recognizes that infinity, that lavishness of spirit itself, and recognizes it in our hearts. And so tonight... I claim this for myself initially, that I am plugged into that infinity that is God. That within my own heart, there is uh, plenty of room for all the love, plenty of room for all the the joy and happiness. That within my mind, there is that infinite capacity to be delighted and to, to experience the sweetness of life. And so I throw open the set points. I allow myself to come up with a comfort zone that has such, such a beautifully high ceiling to it so that truly I am astounded by the love and the light present for me. And as I know it is true for me, I know without question it is true for each person in this room and beyond. God is lavish And the people in this room are blessed. And so I have in my own heart that that desire to see the lacks and limitations thrown asunder. The willingness perhaps on the part of each person in this room to to raise those levels of love, of joy, of peace. Requiring, yes, some honest-to-goodness intentional work for a month or two, But oh my gosh, what sweet success. What powerful love. What rest and comfort. And so I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for the assuredness of that infinity and the potential for each person here to achieve it. I'm grateful for life. Grateful for God. And so in gratitude, I release this prayer I release it into the activity and action of the law itself. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you.